a modern podcast where Chris and Mike talk about TV, movies, superheroes, and everything in between. It's time for Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this is a super special spoiler cast for Star Wars. Whoa! Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Finally. Finally. I'm just going to keep talking over you. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We can finally talk about it. We can talk about everything. This is the spoiler podcast. We're not holding a single thing back. Do not be a crazy person and listen to this if you haven't seen the movie yet. Pause it. Go hunt down a ticket. I don't care what you're doing. The only way that we can review this movie without spoilers is just telling you to go see it. So just go see it. Go. What are you waiting for? Just go see it. There are spoilers in this. Yeah. Duh. So don't be surprised when we ruin it for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, But yes, we are finally here. We just did our new show where we didn't talk about it, <laughs> and now we're to the point where we can actually talk about it yeah. in person, not via text message. Yeah, we got all the we got all the fun stuff out of the way in the other episode where we kind of talked about our our trip and journey to the theater, buying the tickets, who we got it, who we were sitting next to, uh, where I tried to find a place to get up and go pee. So right. now we now we can dive into what was actually on the screen, what we saw. And oh, I'm I'm so excited to talk about this. I mean, let's just let's get into it. Um, I mean, where where do we where do we even want to start? There's just I was saying earlier in our other in our news episode that the Easter egg per minute or per second in this movie is so high. Like you just you can't look away from the screen because you're gonna miss you're gonna miss a callback. You're gonna miss something something that just gives you the feels. I mean, it's this movie was just like it was just a sight to see. Yeah, that it was. And I think I think the best place to start is something that our fan, Jim Mentier, sent us. And he pointed out there's no Fox fanfare at the beginning of this movie, mm-hmm. which we're all so accustomed to. Yeah, that's true. Um, and he's right, because what happened was the trailers got done playing at my theater. And then they played this damn in-house turn off your cell phone thing right uh-huh. before, like right when you expected that fanfare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, boo. And then it went in and it's just a quiet Lucasfilm Okay, so I want to ask you what happened to your theater uh, specifically when the Lucas logo popped up. And I guess we can say off the top, if if people haven't listened to the news episode yet, you got to see the movie twice in one night. So you have two theater experiences. So either way, what happened when that that sparkly logo glimmered in front of you? So it was quiet on both of them. It was actually the horns on the next frame oh. that now, made the first theater cheer and clap oh see i'm i'm proud i'm proud to say that i was the person to start the cheering on the lucas logo so it popped up and i was just like it it took like a fraction of a second to go no one's cheering i'm fucking hyped so i started like clapping and wooing and then people came in because <laughs> it's just like oh the lucas logo it's just oh it's just you know what's coming you know what's coming and then like oh it just was a perfect way to start see that's the thing like the lucasfilm logo gives me half and half because i'm like <laughs> this is this a is, is this a prequel film is, a, is it an original trilogy film so we waited till we got the star wars oh and man i tell you i am so happy that this movie starts the exact 
the exact same way the other movies start. There's no special little fanfare. They don't they don't try to do anything special with the text scrawl. It's exactly the same as every other Star Wars movie, and that made me so happy to see that they weren't trying to do any sort of little gimmicks. There was no like spaceship flying in the background or like planets in the back. We got normal text crawl which is just crazy that that little thing is so much that can make me happy but and i the this was probably the best text crawl i've read in any Mm -hmm. star wars movie i i I don't care to read the other ones too much Mm -hmm. and maybe it's because i already know what's going on in the movies uh because i've seen them so many times but this one is to the point the first line is luke skywalker has vanished Mm -hmm. that's really all it needed to say and yeah exactly i don't know what i'm in for now like what's what's gonna happen yeah it's like now we all know why luke wasn't on the posters like i and i think that's a really great thing to bring up because that is something that you figure out throughout this movie that luke they're they're saving luke luke is they're like as in like they're not gonna I guess that's how I've been telling people is they're not going to blow their load in the first movie. You know, they're saving Luke. They're, they're, they're keeping some of the characters on the bench. They're not going to bring them all out. They're saving them for the third quarter for the fourth quarter. So I think that's good that that's exactly how the text scrawl starts. It, it, it sets the tone of the movie exactly how we need it to. The one thing I did notice both times I watched this at the end of the text scrawl, mm-hmm. the pan down to the planets as is tradition mm-hmm. took a little longer than the other ones did. Yeah, maybe they just wanted it to sit with us a little bit. I, I was like, it just kept going. I'm like, the the other one ended by now. Like, what? Where's it going? Like, are we gonna look <laughs> back around and see the text coming back at us? Like, but I mean, that's it, that's not anything bad. That's not a complaint. I just like you're anticipating what they're gonna show you right mm-hmm. after that because we're used to pan down planets and ships. Well, guess what? Pan down planets and ships. Mm-hmm. So now I I feel like I've I've been in a little bit of a fever dream while I was watching the movie just because. Uh, there's just so much to see. So I'm trying to remember what happened exactly right after the text scroll. I remember like they had, there's a scene with like the stormtroopers and stuff in that drop ship. So, but is that where they go to first? I don't remember. No, it goes, it pans down. They always pan down. There's a blue planet and a little planet. And one of them's Jakku. Mm-hmm. And then the huge, um, it looks like a star destroyer shadow comes across the planet. Mm-hmm. And then those little ships with those stormtroopers. Oh, yeah, come that's out. right. Okay. So it's we did get coming back. Yeah. We got our ship and we got our planets that, that we're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I half expected it to follow the, the, the ships all the way down to the planet. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think that was something they did uh, more so in episode three, uh, revenge of the Sith when they did the Jedi fighters through the, the, the fight above Coruscant. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it was a fantastic start, and, and, and honestly, like, once it starts, like, you're in. Like, that's it. Like, once they, they started off right to get you in and keep you going until the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, the story, for, I'm going to talk about the story for this movie, because, I mean, it kind of comes from that. Like, they got to start the story right. Mm-hmm. Fantastic story. Oh, like, yeah. I, this... I, I think it is a great, a, a great Star Wars story that is not... Like the prequels were bogged down with a lot of um, politics, <laughs> politics, and you know, staring out the window and just kind of faux emotions. Mm-hmm. And whereas this one was more realistic, kind of felt back to the original trilogy, where it was like there were emotions, but it didn't feel forced. Yeah, 
um, this is this is kind of the, the first time I finally get to say this because I feel like I've been trying to hold back from people that haven't seen the movie yet. I even wasn't talking around this around groups of people because you don't know who hasn't seen it yet. Um, so I think this movie is just the perfect way to restart the franchise. It's not a reboot; it's a restart. They got they got to get it back going. The 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 truck broke down during the prequels. They can't get it's it's hard to get this thing started. So they kind of. I don't want to say the movie's safe. The movie's not being safe, but the movie sticks to what the original Star Wars movies did right. And I think that they did that specifically for this first movie. There's lots of similarities. You know, we have the same scene where there's a droid holding secret information. So we get that uh-huh. again. There is, of course, another giant um, planet, star, moon, star killer thing that's going to shoot a big shoot a big blast and destroy um, destroy a planet, or I guess in this case, a couple planets. So that was familiar. We even got the same... We got a sand ty- planet. Yeah, sand planet. We even got the same type of basically way to destroy the planet, going with some with some X-Wings and, and shoot at it. You know, so I think if, if there's any sort of criticism that's going to pop up in the movie, it's going to be like that it didn't seem too original in that way. But I think they did this very specifically for this first movie. They want you to know that they're not going to go in at the very first uh, drop of Star Wars and try to do something crazy and outlandish and out of the way. You know, we're going to show you that we can do Star Wars properly, which is what they did, and they did it great, and they found a way to reimagine it and reinvent it with these new different characters. And they had these great ways to harken back to the original films with all the Easter eggs like I've pointed out. So I think... Uh, that this was just a great way to start it. And I don't think we're going to get more of the same in the next movies. I think they're going to branch out and do something different. But to keep it in into this movie with The Force Awakens, I think it was great the way that they did that and the way they stuck to kind of this traditional Star Wars model. You're, you're right. And I think, again, we, we talked about this earlier. Is I saw it twice, once with my fan hat on, once with my critic film critic hat on. Uh-huh. And I think this is where something, like, I agree it's a good movie, but... It doesn't. I still enjoy A New Hope and Empire better than I enjoyed this movie because it played it safe. I think a little too safe. Mm-hmm. Um, it, had they gone to different planets that didn't look almost parallel to Empire or mm-hmm. A New Hope, and, and you know, a, a little bit actually across the board because there's sand planets, snow planets, and forest planets. Yeah. So it it, it kind of just feels like you're getting the all the original trilogy into one yeah. movie, and I kind of I kind of like that. You know, it would be different. It would be different if I knew that this was the only Star Wars movie we're getting. Like this is all you get. You're not getting any more. But we're getting five more movies, uh-huh. and I think this is just the perfect way to get that truck started. You know, they're they're not putting the the pedal to the metal and going 120 miles an hour right after it got started. You know, they're bringing it up to 60. They're getting it on the highway. They're doing well. Um, well I, I think it relies heavily on that nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, the first time, I, I again, I, I can't stress enough that I enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't hate it. But I, I think that nostalgia, there's a lot of, again, I, I used this phrase last night in our text, rose-tinted glasses going on. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's Star Wars, and it's a comfortable, familiar Star Wars. Yeah. Well, I think they throw the comfortability out, and they... Th- I mean, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but obviously there's that huge death 
at the end of the movie, which I know some people are on the fence about, and I feel weird that I'm trying to bury the lead. We all know what happened, but I feel like I'm, I feel like we can still save a little bit and make it a little bit more uh, interesting audio for the for the listener. Uh, but you know, when that happens, they're saying that like, no, we're not going to rely on nostalgia. We're not going to keep all of these characters around. No, no one is safe. We're trying to make a new Star Wars franchise here, and I think. The best way to point to that is my favorite part of this movie, bar none, is the new characters. I love the new characters. I love being with the new characters. I love learning about them. I love their idiosyncrasies. I just I loved how excited they were to be involved in in their story, and it made me feel excited because it I felt like parallel. It's like we get these new characters. And they're young. And they're fresh, and they're excited to go on this adventure, just like we're excited to go back on the adventure. So I, these characters, I love these new characters. No, you're totally right. I like the good characters. The evil characters didn't feel as fleshed out as I'd hoped they would. Mm-hmm. Um, for all, everyone they gave us, like they gave us a lot of evil and a lot of good characters. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is a, a, one of the the things. I want to come back to the story here in a second, like how this kind of parallels the other ones way too closely. But for characters, I. Uh, Captain Phasma, and this is something people have been telling me, like, wasted. Uh, as much as in the promotion she was, mm-hmm. a chrome stormtrooper looks awesome, right? Like, there's a reason this one is chrome, and the other ones are not. And wasted, like, for this movie. She's coming back. It's confirmed she's coming back in the other ones. But how do you feel about Captain Phasma well, in, in that regard? I, I mean, I never really felt like anything was wasted i mean if they killed her i would have been like oh she was 100 percent wasted we never even got to see her face she's a really really famous actor that's in the game of thrones series um so it just it made sense that eventually that we're gonna see her well so, I, I think they, they left that kind of vague what did happen to her yeah so we're down a trash compactor well maybe she died there i don't i don't know i i think she gets out she's gonna show up later in the movies that's why i have i have no ill ill will or ill opinions about captain phasma the chrome trooper was was cool and all we got in the promotional promotional appearance was just a cool chrome stormtrooper i thought that she was going to be a lot more villainous and evil i guess somewhere 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 along the line someone thought that this was supposed to be the new boba fett i don't know where that came from that someone someone did say that actually uh, one of our listeners marshall said that um that this is like a the boba fett like um looks badass and goes out like a chump. <laughs> but I mean, we know she's not gone, but again, that's only because we've, we've gone outside of the, the, the movie itself. And yeah, and yeah things. the, the captain phasma thing, I never really felt like she was wasted. And I think it's because we never specifically saw her die. And we know that she, it's, it's helmed by a pretty, uh, pretty uh respected uh actor in the in one of the biggest tv shows ever right now so she's not just going to be gone we know we're getting more movies so that's why i'm not that's why i'm not worried now if we don't see her crop up again anytime in these other two movies uh where the series continues um i'll be kind of like okay well that was kind of weird but i i know she's popping back up well of course and, and but we know that because we read outside of it i'm i'm coming from a movie viewer's point of view like they saw this they give out glass my my 3d glasses is the chrome trooper glasses Mm -hmm. and she maybe had like four lines um but like there are so many villains in there like general hux uh, i feel like there's like a sibling rivalry between him and kylo ren Mm -hmm. and that's kind of cool but how does this supreme leader snoke tie into it Mm -hmm. Uh, who i really like snoke i'm gonna be honest 
being like one of the biggest like 3D characters in there because he was a hologram. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I love the mystery behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Sith being mysterious because I'm pretty sure he's a Sith. I'm pretty sure he's Darth Plagueis, but that, that's my <laughs> that is my theory. Uh, everyone can have their own for sure because yeah. they, they leave a lot of questions on the table for this, which is yeah. good. Yeah, well, I, I think I'd like to talk about um, the good characters a little bit because I want to yeah. say these bad characters because our, our first kind of like big disagreement with this movie is going to be with uh, one of the villains. So I think we can safely say that uh, yeah. the good characters are amazing. Um, I, think, I think Ray is my favorite character in the entire Star Wars franchise. Like obviously it's easy not to pick from the prequels, but she's she's just so charming. She's such a badass. She like she doesn't she doesn't need anybody's help. She knows how to fly ships, she knows how to build shit, she knows how to operate machinery. She's just super awesome and she's just she's a good person and like every time she was on the screen, I was just I was just fixated. I couldn't take my eyes eyes off her like i just love her character and like i was just so involved with everything that she was involved with and i love that there's still mystery behind her no. we don't we don't know why she was left on jakku or if she's been on jakku her whole life i don't really remember we don't know who her parents are and i there's some rumors out there that that maybe she's like related to luke in some way my, um, my, that's my theory is uh she's a luke relative hidden away but that it anything can go at this point yeah so this is kind of this isn't a critique of the movie but this is maybe something that i might be worried about in future films i want the relations uh and parents and sibling things to stop i want it done i think it worked well in this movie making uh kylo ren the son of luke uh, uh, of solo and leia that worked for me but i i don't need any other relations not every single character needs to be related to somebody someone said um, like someone thinks that like maybe uh, Finn might be related to Lando and then Ray related to Skywalker. No, if everyone's related, it doesn't make it special anymore. So I, I think I want Ray to be her own character. She can be tangentially associated with someone in the past of Star Wars, but I want her to be her own thing, you know? See, I think, I think Ray needs to be connected deeper than Finn does. I think Finn can be the new character, but like the, again, the title comes from the force awakening within her. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a reason that she was left on Jakku and hidden. I think I honestly think she was hidden away from the world, mm-hmm. and uh, she's got. I, I just honestly, I, I believe it's the Skywalker relation simply because she's so powerful without now, training. Now I could believe that. I, I saw a theory that she may be related and somehow to someone that was being trained by Luke. You know, because he took that like group of uh, young uh, Padawans to go teach them how to use the Force. So I could see that being a relation, but I don't think she needs to be in the family tree. Basically, is what I'm saying. Well, see, that would make again her her eventual showdown with Kylo Ren that much more meaningful. Yeah, but I kind of like the idea of these characters just being their their own people. Like I like the idea we got a we got a scene in this movie where they kind of retconned uh midi-chlorians kind of. I don't remember this character's name but the but the the CG character with the with the glasses on her face. Uh, Maz Kanata. Maz. So um I liked how Maz basically had a point to say, you know, the force is this it's this thing that flows around us through all life forms and stuff like that. Basically, no mention of a midichlorian, which which I, I don't think it retcons it. That's that's what they said in the entire original trilogy. Yeah, but they're they not they're not bringing it up this time because she could have said like you. I can sense the midichlorians in you. She didn't yeah. say that, so that was great. I, I'm see, glad. I don't think she's force sensitive though. I think she just knows from 
being thousands of years old. Well, yeah, that could be true. But we got the idea. We got the idea reinforced that the force is this mysterious thing that's flowing all around. It's around everybody. So I don't think it necessarily yeah. needs to be so permanent in the Skywalker um, family tree. I think it goes all around the galaxy and it affects other people in different ways. And I look into the title as the Force Awakens as like it's a resurgence. You know, Snoke is really really worried about the return of Sky. Skywalker because he's going to be able to raise the force out of the darkness and bring these new Jedis out into the world. And that's one, that's actually one thing that I kind of liked about the prequels is we got to see all these different types of variations of Jedi, you know, in the older, in the older original trilogy, all we ever got to see was basically humanoid figures being Jedis, but we got to see all different types of alien creatures being Jedi's in the prequels, and I and I like knowing that the Force, anybody could have the Force. So I, that that just reinforces the idea that I like that Ray might be separate, but if she has to be related to somebody, I hope it's just tangentially associated. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. My 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 view of this whole Star Wars thing, it is the bring this is a prophecy, the one who brings the balance to the Force, mm-hmm. and if it is such Anakin Skywalker or Luke Skywalker or somebody that it this. This isn't like a new arc. Like the first arc's still going. Like it's an overarching arc that will connect all nine movies, and it's got to be family somehow. And we know that Ben Solo uh, is essentially a Skywalker blood relative, mm-hmm. and he is trying to be Vader because he views Vader as Vader was powerful and almighty as a Lord Sith and was seduced to the light side because he does not know the the history of. You know the the younger Anakin. Yeah, and I, I actually really like that thing that you just brought up that that specific line where he was worried about being seduced the other way. We've only ever heard it being seduced to the dark side, but no, yeah. he really likes like or he thinks he really likes being on the dark side, and he's worried about going over to the light. So I really yeah. like that position where we kind of are flipping things on the head, you know. And we all all of these characters are really really great and i, I really want to get into this this villain issue that we have <laughs> uh but uh first i i, I just want to touch on poe real quick poe was uh, great poe was really great we, he started off with a snarky comment right at the beginning of the movie it made me feel like he's supposed to be the next han solo you know he's kind of the gung, gung-ho guy but also he he's really charming he's really nice he's the guy that owns bb8 which goes in the he's goes like- in the next He's like a Han Solo Luke Skywalker mix, yeah. Because he's not as like he doesn't he's not as like cocky as Han Solo, and mm-hmm. like doesn't have that ruggedness that Finn kind of has. Because mm-hmm. Finn's yeah. a liar. Yeah, and I, <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good way to go into Finn. I thought Finn was hilarious. It was a really cool angle to finally get to learn a little bit more about stormtroopers. We don't know jack shit about stormtroopers. We know a little bit about clone troopers, but even then, the clone troopers aren't very interesting. I mean, they're just a weird way to tie Boba Fett's dad into the universe, which is basically what we learned about clone troopers, which was kind of bizarre. But I kind of liked how they brought up like, um, oh, we can't like for some reason they can't use clone troopers in this era of the Star Wars story so they're taking these these young kids um before they know anything and they don't even give them a name they give them like a, a, a some letters and a number uh-huh. so I, I like how we finally get that we get to see a stormtrooper just kind of turn into a real person and we can kind of like um connect with them and i i love kind of Finn's arc throughout the throughout the movie and he had some hilarious scenes with BB8 and BB-8 stole the show, though. Right. No, definitely. I'm glad we had our nostalgic droid moments later in the film, but mm-hmm. BB-8 definitely was the 
the droid to follow. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it, that that little ball works so well. Mm-hmm. He, he like conveying emotion of all of all kinds. And uh, yeah, BBA is. Um, I'm, I'm glad he turned out as well as he did, rather than just a great piece of promotional material because he looks cool. Oh yeah, man! That the, everyone's talking about this scene where Fen gives him the thumbs up, and then he pops out his little torch with the oh, thumbs man. up. Everybody laughed, and I could not hear both times. Everybody laughed, and I couldn't hear what Ray said right after that. So I'm like, damn it! I need to go watch it again by myself. That, and no one that, says anything. That whole scene was just amazing, and I. I guess we can we'll, we'll talk about that when we kind of go into the look in yeah. the feel in the movie. I'll I'll circle back around to that. But um, I, let's let's, let's ju- go into it. Get it let, get it out. Let's jump in. Let's jump in the Kylo Ren here. So we're we're at a point of contention with this character. So I think I'm gonna let you jump out in front, and I'll kind of uh, react. Okay. So I think Kylo Ren is great as a masked character mm-hmm. uh his voice his his reactions are great when he has his mask on mm-hmm. when he takes his mask off i see a soap opera actor in a very big role okay <laughs> um it's something about him he just adam driver again known from the tv show girls mm-hmm. uh, just could not get to that point and he, they may have told him hey model this after hayden christensen because you're essentially taking Anakin's place going forward. Mm-hmm. Like you get to play both. You get to play unmasked Vader and masked Vader. And they told him, you know, separate those two. But when he had, takes the mask off, I just don't buy that Kylo Ren at all. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it, again, it's, I, I'll reiterate this. It's something about his mouth and teeth whenever he's fighting <laughs> Ray. Like, I'm just like, this guy's not scary. Like, I, I, I don't know what it is, but he did not resonate with me at all uh-huh. and again we talked about this earlier today uh i don't know if i talked promotional material for kylo ren show him like like looking very agile and very like um combat ready mm-hmm. but he didn't seem to be too versed in lightsaber combat um all the way around maybe it's just a different style again that that i'm not going to hold that against them but mm-hmm. kylo ren did not get to me as the main villain probably as much as as he does you so yeah so this will be this is basically our big disagreement when it comes to this movie is i had absolutely no issue with adam driver as kylo ren i thought he was actually really fantastic i really loved the point in this movie where they're trying to show him as a character that's torn between like the light side and the dark side and i thought that worked really really well and adam driver is an amazing actor you know i uh me and my wife are fans of the show girls so we we're well versed in adam driver we've seen him plenty of times and he he can he can act he can act out i don't i don't really i can't really think of um uh, of a way to tie this into any sort of a clever thing, but he's a, he's a he's a very well versed actor, and I thought he he portrayed this this um, this angstiness that you, that you don't seem to be a fan of, but in a good way. I don't I don't think Hayden Christensen did a good job, but I think um, Adam Driver accomplished it and did it successfully. So I I really felt that his character um, just couldn't quite figure out what he was doing. He was he was really manic through a lot of the movie. You know, he he couldn't get a really good grasp on his emotions. 
he was all over the place. He would lash out and just destroy things, which brought up kind of a, a funny point in the movie when he was uh, um, destroying one of the rooms he was in. And then you, you see out in the hallway, you see the stormtroopers walk up. And they're just like, nope, we're not dealing with this. And they turn around and walk away, which is another little light, nice way that we can get a little bit more insight into that stormtroopers are actually real people. Um but yeah, I thought he did a I thought he did a great job, and I I I don't know. Maybe it's just because you're not too familiar with Adam Driver, and just I've seen him around enough, so I'm familiar with his face. Like I knew exactly what he was gonna look like when he took that helmet off. Like I knew how he spoke, I knew what he sounded like. So maybe it was just less of a shock to me. Uh, but my wife did bring up a point that she thought that he sounded a little more higher pitched than he usually talks. So I didn't really catch that, but I just thought it was great. So I guess, you know, this is just what comes down to yeah. when you have opinions on movies, just people people just uh, absorb things a little differently. Yeah, I, I, th- you bring up something that I, I that really bothered me with this movie um, mm-hmm. overall is the, the amount of, of humor, the one-liners, and the, mm-hmm. like, those single scenes that are funny. Because both times that Kylo Ren lashed out in anger and frustration – they made it funny rather than serious mm-hmm. because he did it once at the control panel when that guy told him that they lost the droid to, mm-hmm. to Finn and that guy's reactions made it funny. And then when he did it again with the chair, the stormtroopers made it funny. And I think the amount of one-liners and situations like that per capita mm-hmm. was way too high for a star Wars film. Well, see, I, I am not, unfamiliar with seeing a movie like that that is notoriously the reason why i do not like iron man 3 there's way too much funny in that movie and nothing's ever taken seriously in iron man 3 and i really didn't like that but for some reason it didn't feel out of place for me in this in this film so um i I don't think it's out of place in in the movie world i think it's in in the star wars world mm -hmm. like there are funny moments um but like they're interspersed better and not as frequently as this one is Mm -hmm. and again we have a lot of han solo who is a lot of you know kind of hamming it up a little bit and Mm -hmm. I, i think um Harrison Ford, knowing that his character was going to die, yes, I'll say it, um, <laughs> kind of freed him up a little bit because he uh, never wanted to continue Star Wars after yeah. Empire. Uh-huh. Um, but I think they just they played him and, and Chewbacca off too funny at times mm-hmm. because he can be serious. We know he can, and there, that there's just all the, the it felt more like a Guardians of the Galaxy or the original the Star Trek reboot movie that Abrams mm-hmm. did more than a true star wars continuation and i think that i didn't i don't hate it for that but i can't say it's a perfect movie in the star wars overall because it was just it was too funny and the the thing the wrath tours why did that have to be cg yeah well that that was the like of a movie that's full of practical effects the one where they had cg and i assume that's a scene where harrison ford broke his leg uh because he said he was running and something fell on him uh uh (laughs) That that CG thing felt a little out of place too. Well, I think this is a g- a good way to kind of segue into Harrison Ford's character and just all of the returning characters as well. So, like I said before, my favorite part of the movie is the new characters. And if there's any part of the movie that kind of weighs on me a little bit, where I wish it kind of would um, freshen up a little bit, would be with these older characters. You know, I like some people are saying that um, they were worried that Harrison Ford was just going to be Harrison Ford in this movie. And uh, they said that their uh, worries were um, not 
uh, found. You know, they felt like they really got Han Solo in this movie. But I didn't really feel that way. I just kept feeling like I was seeing Harrison Ford. I never really felt like I was getting 100% of the Han Solo I was looking for. Um, not saying it was a bad part of the movie in any respects, but I just felt like every time like Harrison Ford was really commanding a scene, I was just kind of like... This this feels a little a little wooden to me, you know. It, it, I agree with you. He he hammed it up more than he does in the originals. Like whenever he he's like trying to be serious, like you know, getting called a scruffy looking nerf herder or whatever in Empire, mm-hmm. he can bring like that. Like this is funny to you, but it's serious to me. And this one, he was just like kind of an Indiana Jones Han Solo mix. Yeah. Well, you know what? And I think this is just kind of also. A little bit of a shock just seeing these actors on screen again i mean it was definitely a lot more with carrie fisher i can't the last time i saw her on screen was in an episode of 30 rock and before that it was star wars oh jay so, and silent bob strike back oh i barely remember her. she's the nun okay but uh so you know harrison ford the last time i really saw him was kingdom of the crystal skull and i kind of blocked that out um, and obviously he had broken some things during this movie. So he just, he just seemed, he just seemed old and I know he's old, but it was more of like a shock of like, Oh, I remember this charming, um, just, uh, quick, just like arrogant, like little Han Solo. I just watched him in the original trilogy and then to see him on screen, I was just like, Oh, my childhood. He got, he got so much older. I just felt like there was so much baggage that came along with him being in the movie. It was definitely better than him not being in the movie. I'm so glad yeah. he was in it. But I I think the decision to kill him off was the right one. And I know that some fans of the show do not agree with this. But I think it was a good idea to bring him in and then let him go. Yeah. You know, I, I think his death is, is going to be a real big driver in the in the following movies. Um, but I think it's I think it's okay to to let him go. Uh, we got a really emotional response from Chewbacca when that happened, and you know I'm curious to see how Chewie's character is going to change because you know Chewie always just kind of seems like a big old dog. But I, I want to. It'd be kind of cool to see if if he has any sort of like emotional reaction or right. fallout throughout the other movies. So. But, I, yeah, I, go ahead. I, I totally agree with you. Like Hans, uh, again, we're sorry, Jim. Uh, we, we know you're sad that, that Han Solo was killed. And I, <laughs> I, and I agree that he should have, someone had to be offed in this movie for mm-hmm. it to kind of continue forward and give, you know, Luke Skywalker needs purpose. Uh, Leia needs purpose, right? Like they're kind of fighting some, but now it's personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I just think the way they did it felt cheaper than it could have been. Um, and I think it's, it comes down to the fact that like, it's foreshadowed so much on that bridge. Like, you know, what's going to happen. Oh yeah. I mean, the bridge is narrow. It has no railings. Uh Like it's dark and it's the red glow from like the lights. It's just like you, like, you know, it's going to happen. And then like, he's trying to convince them. I'm just like, Oh no, Harrison Ford, you're done. Yeah. Like, like as soon as he goes out there, you're like, yep, this, this is, this is it. This is what everyone is, is going to talk about. And I, I think there was a better, uh, there's a better way for Han Solo to go out. And I think my, to me, and, and it would have been him sacrificing himself for the, the greater good, because mm-hmm. you don't expect that out of Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't hate it. I just think there was a better way, a better way for it to be handled. Yeah. But the decision for him to go out in this movie, yes. it, it made sense. It definitely does. And I, again, I think that drives the personal factor going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if we find out maybe that Ray is uh, the twin sister to Kylo Ren, like they were <sighs> like, like they expanded. You, I'm just saying they're taking the expanded universe stories and twisting them to their own 
usage. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, but there was something whenever they landed and Han was like, what's your name, kid? Mm-hmm. And like, he, it seems like he knew who she was yeah, and just kind of left it alone. But yeah. I'm glad that she's with Chewie now and R2-D2 with, yeah. with Luke. Like, that's a, that's a solid group. That's the posse I would take with me if I yeah. was fighting the dark side. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, you, you brought up Luke there. I'm really looking for, you know, we can go into uh, Luke's role into this movie and whether we wanted more of him or not. But I'm really looking forward to seeing Luke in the next movies just because I I know... I know that uh, he he's really gonna he's really gonna bring it. I know Mark Hamill's gonna step up to the plate just because I I've actually I've seen him in, in many things. He's been he's been doing voiceover work for years. He's an but excellent performer. He, he keeps popping up in the Flash even as yeah. of late. Yeah, he's he's been the trickster in the Flash, which is really really great. So he he he's he, I, I felt like he's no stranger to to being in the scene. But I felt like that especially when I saw Carrie Fisher. I mean, uh, like, I feel like Wooden is the best way to bring this up. Like, her and Harrison Ford make a good match because they're both just kind of walking around like the screen, like a plank of wood, just like, <laughs> like, just it, trying to get the exposition out there. Well, except she looked more like a Barbie that had like a, a, a match or a lighter held up to its face. <laughs> uh, but uh, time has not been good to Carrie Fisher, like it has been the other two characters. Yeah, well, honest. I mean, like Harrison Ford's face wasn't exactly a yeah, but you could tell it was Harrison Ford. She yeah. Her, the resemblance from her now to her original, yeah. Leia, like the cocaine did not do her well. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no. I guess I just want to get this out there. There's nothing wrong with getting old. No right. one can keep up their 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 twenty right. twenty to thirty year old looks when they get older. But like, it's just it's something that you can't avoid when you finally see them on the screen in these these really old roles that we haven't seen them in for such a long time. It's going to be a shock. And it just, that's just how I felt when I saw them. And yeah. I felt like maybe other people have different opinions around it. Maybe we're just being youngsters that just haven't quite uh, dealt with old age yet. And so maybe it's just not a big deal for us. Yeah. Right. But what you bring up interesting about Luke Skywalker is I love seeing him on there. Like that, mm-hmm. that's the way you want to see him in his white Jedi robes being mm-hmm. Ben Kenobi. Finally, like yeah. taking that role. And honestly, I think he'll, he'll, he'll be the next to go if I was a betting man. Um, I mean, if he if he is the next to go, I think he's going to be sticking around. He'll be a force ghost movie. in the last one. Yeah, I think he'll be in the last movie. I'm curious. Yeah, if they'll kill him, but maybe he'll he's going to be the one that does the sacrifice role. Yeah. So what? Uh, yeah, I see him taking a Ben Kenobi if they're going to mm. parallel. But what I really don't like about the end of this film is it takes. It's a very much a New Hope movie with an Empire ending. Mm-hmm. Um. And had they just ended the movie with her and Chewie and R2-D2 blasting off into hyperspace, that would have been the best way to end the movie. Like they that's, blast- actually, that's actually kind of thought where I, I thought it was going to end, too. They blast into hyperspace, and those stars are there already. And then the credits, right? Yeah, that's what I was expecting. And they kick off the next movie with a little bit like 10 minutes of that journey to get to Luke Skywalker because it seemed way too easy. I'm gonna be. That seemed a little easy. Well, I think the the it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the trip there. It's just they just needed to know where he was. It seemed like anybody could have got there quickly. They just didn't know where the hell he was. Right. Well, I think the journey to get there would have been interesting to see as well. Just a little bit, like mm-hmm. nothing. Like the Millennium Falcon's not the best ship either. Like it could fall yeah. apart, and they could be yeah. like, oh, yeah. We but I think, it, but I think at this point in time, it's just like every like we've seen everything else. I mean, yeah, I guess we yeah. haven't seen like uh, a cameo from Lando, but I don't think anyone's. <laughs> craving for lando in this you, first you movie. say that so everyone's just <laughs> like where is luke where is luke he was the first thing we saw in the text scroll yeah. we've seen this whole movie where is luke so i think 
I think people would have been a lot more mad if we didn't get a little bit of glimpse of Luke. I, I, if not, then I think he should have had a line of dialogue mm. to end the movie. You think the he should end, have said something? The ending was just too empty. And it, sure, it was a little bit emotional, but there could have... They could have closed. I don't feel like I watched the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Like I know we have more coming, but that shouldn't determine the fact that this movie ends on a cliffhanger like that. On an empire note. <laughs> yeah, like we know. Yes, we know that they're gonna train, and who knows how long the time's gonna pass before the next movie comes out. Like, like you know, because like they did like three years between actual Star Wars years, not in person years between Empire and Return, because they didn't mm-hmm. go get Han Solo right away. So I, I we don't know that, but it it did not feel like a complete movie because of the note it ended on. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I didn't necessarily get that, and I think it's just because I I I am I'm understanding the whole context, and I know when you go into a movie, you should just be thinking about that one movie. But I mean, it's kind of impossible to do with this franchise. You know, I knew we were going to be getting two other movies, and we're getting also anthology films. So I just know that there's so much more story to tell. So I knew that I was going to be getting more Luke no matter what. So even though he didn't get to speak a line, that kind of just makes me even more excited for the next one, you know, finally getting to see him being like Luke Skywalker, talking, delivering lines. So I like I'm just so excited for these other movies that like nothing can bring me down, you know? (laughs) Right. Totally. And and that's where I I had to take my fan hat off and put on my film critic hat because Again, I want to look at this as a movie as a whole because I can sit down and watch A New Hope and be like, yeah, that's a great movie, and, and ignore the prequels and ignore you know whatever else there is out there, and and the same with Empire. And it's just I don't want that to be like a common thing when people like if someone else wants to make a, another franchise film or, or something like that that they rely they they see this and like oh it worked for The Force Awakens let's do it again. Mm-hmm. I, I want movies to be full because. It just makes like we're all gonna see the next one. We don't care if we have to end on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Uh, we that. so that's just me as a filmmaker point of view, like being very harsh on it. Yeah, the the I guess not harsh, but like being realistic, I suppose. Not take the fan hat off. If I put the uh-huh. fan hat back on, I'm like, oh my god, give me the next one right away. Like, yeah, I'm serious. I need I need. We have 17 months. Okay, it's not a full two years. We have 17 months. Let's go. Well, I know I know the next thing we kind of want to talk about is, is the look and feel of this movie. I know you have some opinions on the look, and I also have a, um, I also have a, a, a little I guess not a little story, but I do have for reactions when it comes down to the feel. So maybe we can we can hear your story of what you you think about the look of the movie, and then we can talk about the feel of the movie. Great. So the look of the movie, there are repeat sets on this film, and you may, you, think, you think so? The second time it became pretty blatant. No. Um, no. Now, it's funny because I think this is going to be another little point of contention between us, so go ahead. So, the there, there are two two times I noticed it, and I'm like, I had to, like, double-check myself, but I was very sure. One is whenever they're in the base on um, the, the, the Starkiller base, and they're inside with Han Solo, and they're trying to find Rey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the way that the, the hallways are working, it goes down and curves to the right. They use it to capture Captain Phasma. They use it whenever they get off the elevator, and they use it a third time before they leave to go blow it up mm-hmm. when they're finding Ray, It's the same hallway. Uh, just maybe the cameras move to the left or the right and you, you, you don't notice it. It's not, it's not very like, Oh, uh, this, they didn't move the camera. They filmed all, but you can tell they built this one hallway and that's, that's pretty much all they hmm. used. I, maybe, maybe this is just what it comes down to when you see the movie, like repeating it, like one after another, because the first time I didn't really get that feeling at uh, all. I didn't really see any sort of like repetitive uh, sex sets it, or hallways. The the second one involves Kylo Ren and Rey, 
uh, when they're on the planet for Maz Kanata. She mm-hmm. runs between these green, like, she's in the forest running, and she runs in between these, like, uh, it's like, not like a, it's not like a cliff or a valley. It's like there's rocks on both sides, and she runs in between them. Mm-hmm. And she turns around and shoots at, what's his face, Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Later on in the movie, they run through that same exact passageway covered in snow. <laughs> well, I actually, I actually do remember that, and I was just like, "Oh, this does look kind of similar to what happened earlier." But I don't think it's the exact same. The, she gets location. up the, if she if they she hadn't gotten to the high ground the same way, I wouldn't have said that. But they yeah. they got up to the high ground the same way, and that and then there's the the five planets that got blown up. Kind of kind of lost a little bit on me there because. We didn't really care about those planets. So. Yeah, th- that's actually one thing that I'll I, I'll actually say is like I didn't really have emotional connections for all of these planets dying. At least in um, at least in uh in a new hope when um when Princess Leia's home planet is destroyed. What's the name of that planet again? Alderaan. Alderaan. That's right. At least when Alderaan is blown up, at least you get to cut to Ben Kenobi. Uh, doesn't doesn't yeah, the, he have a reaction to like oh no I've, suddenly I feel like yeah that C- Carrie Fisher's reaction because it's her home planet yeah I mean there was a lot more actual connection to that planet and and we don't even know what five planets kind of got blown up mm-hmm. is, is one of them Coruscant because they said it was like the home base of the Republic like I'm mm-hmm. I'm really confused what those five planets meant overall yeah. and I but, know it's a parallel to a New Hope blowing up a planet like oh yeah. it blew up one well guess what we're blowing up. Yeah. Five. But but staying on the theme of look here, uh, the two we got to see really kind of two interesting laser beam shots in this movie that looked really, really cool. Beginning of the movie we got to see Kylo Ren force stop um, a yes. laser gun that was super rad. The, the got, new the new force powers in this are, are mind blowing and oh yeah mind we, reading. We, yeah, and we got to see that really really cool camera pan around the laser and Poe's being dragged right next to it. That was uh-huh. so rad and awesome look. And that's what you get from J.J. Abrams. He's the one that k- takes that direction and he he knows how he wants it to look. So that's a really really cool thing that we got there and also that giant bl- like the giant b- blast in the star killer base was really really cool too because we were so used to that green laser beam uh, charging up firing blowing up instantaneously it was like it was like shooting a like shooting a gun or something like that but this no we got to see that giant light almost looks like a comet traveling across the galaxy or the, that solar system and that was so it, cool it, to see like the impending doom coming yeah, and it was like five different blasts. I thought that was kind of cool. Like, it, it was able to split and target, mm-hmm. um, and that was pretty cool. And, and I do, I do enjoy that. the 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 CG that was in the movie that wasn't the the Wrath Tours. Mm-hmm. Fantastic use of it. The explosions mm-hmm. looked amazing. Uh, I I can't believe that they looked that good. And, and oh yeah, and I mean all the practical effects that we got on Jakku with the characters was great. It was so, it was so refreshing because like objectively, if, if you get like someone looking at like puppetry on screen and someone looking at CG and they, they know it's not a star Wars movie, they can be like, Oh, I can tell that's a puppet. I can tell that CG. But if you look at it objectively, that CG can move more organically. This one moves more rigid, whatever. I get that. But the, the puppet look, look, is the Star Wars look. When I see uh-huh. kind of like a puppet lumbering around, even if they do everything they can to try to make it look organic, that's what Star Wars feels like to me. I feel like those are Star Wars aliens. So I loved seeing that. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. And uh, the only one that didn't settle well with me was maybe Maz a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think it's when she took her glasses off. It, 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 I don't know what 
was up with that. She's a great character. Uh, not yeah. nothing against her, but she she you could tell she was a little more CGI than the rest of them. Yeah, but one thing I did notice with her, I'm pretty sure from the neck down, it's an actual person. I think they I think they CG basically the head. So you kind of got a little bit of a combination of that, and I think that worked out well. Yeah, and th- yeah, it was good. I I, I enjoyed the the lightsabers look good. Uh, oh the yeah, li- the lighting effects look good. Uh, it yeah, honestly, look and feel. This is a beautiful movie. Yeah, and this I is think a beautiful a- movie that that you should watch and just soak it in. Yeah, and I think a good way to wrap up the look is they were a little bit damned if they do, damned if they don't when it came to just the technology of this universe. Because, you know, it was really, really weird in the prequels. Everything looked nice and shiny, and then they had to degradate it kind of slowly over time to make it look like the 1980s technology, which was really, really weird. And I I was kind of curious what they were going to do with these brand new movies. Like, are we supposed to believe a giant... Starkiller base operates on these big physical red glowing buttons. It doesn't really make much sense. Um, but they just de-emphasized all that. You know, they didn't focus in on like someone hitting a bunch of buttons. They didn't focus in on all these lighting panels. You know, the only time we really got to see that type of technology was when they were on the Millennium Falcon. But we knew that was from the past. We know that targeting system and gun uh-huh. is, is from a, an, a, an older time. So we can zoom in on that and we can enjoy that. So I thought that they did a good job of just like, okay, let's not, we don't need to update anything. We don't need to bring the Star Wars technology in the forefront because no one cares about that. Let's just keep it subtly in the background and when we got to see like the ships like the new tie fighters like the new tie fighters look cool they had like some upgrades they had some more detail on the outside and i thought that was really cool yeah i really enjoyed poe's uh, x-wing battle there on on mm-hmm. Maz's planet as well the the one take where he takes down a bunch of stormtroopers and the tie fighters it made me feel like i was playing star wars battlefront like that, <laughs> that's what battlefront feels like if you can okay. do good in it but uh yeah look wise beautiful beautiful movie can't can't hold that against it at all mm-hmm. except i will hold the the this the wrath tour cgi things yeah i i can kind of agree with you a little bit there <laughs> that was a very that was a very star trekky moment that's like where <laughs> I, I started to see like this this scene comes from a star trek kind of thing um, because it was such a big ship. We don't get a lot of big ships like that. But uh-huh. anyway, so go on to the field. Give me your feel. Like y- This is something All I feel right. like you, you want to talk about. So this is basically what I want to talk about is man tears. Uh, I, I think... Um, man eaters. This, this movie can oh. make a grown man cry. And there was a couple times where I, I, I was holding back tears of joy, and but a couple slipped. And at some points where you, where you don't think they necessarily are. So let, let's, let's, let's go back to Jakku. We're back on Jakku, and and Finn and Rey are trying to escape the stormtroopers that are chasing them. So they're running. They want to escape. They want to hop on a ship. Rey has her her sights set on that quad engine type thing. And then we get a very brief glimpse of, like, part of the frame of Finn saying, what about that one? Let's take that one. She's like, no, that's a hunk and junk. And then we just – we move past it, and I'm like – that's got to be the Millennium Falcon. I think I think that's what it's going to be. So they blow up that one that they're heading for, and then, they, then it's just kind of funny that now they have to pick this other one, and then bam, it's the Millennium fucking Falcon, and that is the point in the movie where I started cheering again, and I think some people thought at this point in time that maybe I was a little over, I was a little over anxious to be in the theater, but I was like, I didn't care. I was having a good time. I started cheering and wooing because, like, it was kind of the first point in time in the movie where we finally get a really solid look at something from the original trilogy, and it's that Millennium Falcon, and oh, and then the feels start getting over me. So I'm starting to get primed already. So they, they hop in, and they start flying it, and they take off, and then we go into a scene where we're seeing the Millennium Falcon 
um, escaping TIE fighters and flying through the desert. And then everything just started getting to me and just like the tears starting to roll. And I was like, oh my God, I'm watching the, the Millennium Falcon again. I'm finally seeing it fly again. And like, I'm not even seeing any original characters. I'm just seeing the Falcon flying through the desert, just doing these awesome maneuvers. Finn's trying to operate the guns and everything. And like Ray's just trying to keep it from crashing into the ground because it takes two people to fly the thing. And I was just like, oh my God, this is too much. This is too much for me to handle. Well, I, I, I'm glad you feel it. Again, I'm going to re- revert back to the first time I saw it. I was, I was stoked. Yeah. Uh, but I was glued to the screen. Like, mm-hmm. this is like, I didn't want to blink and miss anything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't get those movie tears. Um, <laughs> again, I, I, I get, I get what you're, I get what you're saying and going through. Like, that's like a, a fuck yeah moment for me. Like, mm-hmm fist pump kind of thing mm-hmm. um so i it definitely get you and and it does this is a lot of there's a lot of nostalgia on this movie mm-hmm. and, and and you, you nailed it on the head like you didn't think you'd ever get to see the original trilogy things continued again mm-hmm. because we got the prequels and the prequels had a little bit of like oh throwbacks to the the future i guess like, yeah throw forwards or something but but <laughs> this one was is all throwbacks um mm-hmm. Uh, like you know again the big hologram where you know your main bad guy you know answers to the big scary hologram face like the emperor mm-hmm. was and um yeah the millennium falcon lightsabers the pistols chewbacca and han leia x-wing fights um a, a, a tunnel run with x-wings uh th- there's a lot of nostalgia on this and uh it does yeah. you g- it gets you right in the feels if you if you care for star wars yeah and you know i'll just you know i'll just reiterate it again this was a movie that needed to prove something this was a movie that needed to prove that we can do star wars right you don't need to have the worries of the prequels just weighing you down anymore mm-hmm. and i felt like they did have to play it safe a couple times but honestly this is a movie where you kind of need to be a little safe there the uh, disney's trying to set up this whole franchise and make this four billion dollar purchase pay off which obviously it's going to pay off we know that now um, but I, I think we got to harken back to all these things that we really loved about Star Wars. And then um, I think it, it's great maybe now if we kind of talk about where we want the franchise to go and, and what we think is going to happen because I'm looking forward to these next movies. You know, they're doing a great thing of picking different directors right. and getting different writers to kind of help helm these other chapters of the story, and I think that's great. I believe our next director... I don't remember his name, but he's the guy that did Looper, right? Uh, Ryan Johnson. Yeah, so we're getting, you know, we're going to get a different feel of these next movies, and I think these movies are going to get darker as they go. They're going to get more mature as they go, and I think they're going to leave kind of some of these these nostalgia points behind us. You yeah. know, I think I think we will get some of it. You know, I have a theory that the reason that Luke's lightsaber crops back up is because I think we're going to see Lando again, and I think Lando's the one that maybe hunted down his lightsaber in Cloud City. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to make an effort to kind of make this Star Wars movie its, its own thing and try to make a new story and new so, characters. Well, you, you bring up an interesting point. Yes, this is the bridge. This mm-hmm. is the bridge between old and new and not new as in prequels, but like new as in like, we don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, again, this is where J.J. Abrams was brought in a Star Trek for mm-hmm. to bridge the old with the new. Oh, yeah, and he, he did such an amazing he, job. He did a good job, and uh, I think we still have a lot to go forward. Like, will we see Force Ghosts of Obi-Wan and Anakin? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we heard rumors Hayden Christensen was being brought back to set for something. 
maybe you know flashbacks or some sort of dream because we we found a lot of the Luke and the the Knights of Ren stuff from the trailers was all a dream that that or a force vision that Ray had, mm-hmm. which was mind blowing because I didn't even think that, that would be something to have. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, going forward, we have to deal with the uh, the Star Wars anthology films in between. Will those build on the story, or will those just be standalones? That's my little my point of contention here. Is mm-hmm. like if they don't help this story, like I feel like they're just kind of more money grabs. Then yeah, but I feel like it's a good money grab because it's not going to affect the new trilogy, and it's just going to give us something to watch while we wait for the well, next I, one. I want it to affect a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I want their actions to like to be kind of like well, because of what they did in Rogue One thirty years ago. This well, is maybe they find the lightsaber, or yeah, or or possibly uh, maybe uh, Poe is related to someone from the Rogues. Well, you know? the, the, his story is explained in a comic, actually. Oh, okay. We Never we know <laughs> his his parents were at the Battle of Endor. Okay. Um, but um, I, I hope that a little bit, not a lot, I, just maybe one or two things, like give us some insight into what's maybe happened mm-hmm. and why these things are coming up. Um, but uh. That's a little interesting. We have 17 months again till the next Star Wars continuation, mm-hmm. which is honestly, I remember when I thought, oh, Avengers, we'll never get that movie. <laughs> and that was, you know, we've now had two. And uh, then after that, we have to wait two years. So the next one, I really want to answer some questions. Give us who Supreme Leader Snoke really is. Mm-hmm. Like, I want him to be a bit. I want Luke. To, I want to see a Force Ghost Yoda, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that'd they, be cool. Because they set that up, and, like, maybe they, Luke has been talking to them on his isolated planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of that. You know, give us some evolution of Kylo Ren. I want him to see him become a better Sith. I, well, he's not really a Sith. Well, he, he needs d- to become a Sith. He did just kill his own father, so I think he has taken the final turn. Because Snoke said he's ready for his. But he, his... Didn't, but he didn't do it in his own volition. He said, Father, will you help me? So Han kind of helped him with that. Like, he needed to do it on his own, I think. Like, how he killed that old man at the beginning. Maybe. He didn't let the hate flow through him. He was almost on the light side. <laughs> I don't know. I think it takes a lot of hate to kill your own dad, but we'll we'll, we'll see how that pans yeah, out. Yeah, uh, that, um, you know, I want to see uh, how Finn recovers and comes back to the fold. Mm-hmm. Maybe he becomes a rebel person with, with Poe. Maybe, maybe they go on their own adventure and while Ray's training and like, brings them back together. Kind of like Empire was two separate stories. Mm-hmm. Luke was off training, and then the other two were on the Cloud City. So I, 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 I have high hopes going forward, yeah. um, but at, at, I, the, at the end of the day, you're right, this is a safe bridge. Yeah, I think more than anything, I'm looking forward to learning new things about the Star Wars universe. You know, uh-huh. we, we, you know we've been learning about new characters, but they mentioned that there's my safe bet that Luke was going to find the, the first Jedi temple. That's what they said in the movie. So I'm excited to see this first Jedi temple. I'm excited to see the old, old, old history of the Jedi that we've only got in like video games. You know, I I really want to see some of this ancient history. I want to learn new things about the force. Like does the force really help is really, is the force really helping him read minds or, you know, what exactly is going on there? I want to see, I want to see where this goes. You know, I want to know what the ultimate 
end goal is for defeating the dark side, you know. We've never really gotten a, a game plan for kind of winning permanently yet. It's just always been kind of like a battle back and forth, you know, which kind of makes sense. There kind of needs to be a balance between the dark and the light. But, no, I'd like to see maybe more of a flushed out main goal of what they're trying to do than just, oh, defeat the bad guys. You know, maybe maybe they have to do something really specific to make sure they never come back again or something like that. Or maybe they have to find like a Sith temple and take something out. I don't know, just anything along those lines. I just want to learn more. I want to learn. I want them to add to the lore. I'm really looking forward to that kind of thing. No, totally. And you're totally right. And I agree with that. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think we we've come to two different um, perspectives on the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is that this is not the best Star Wars movie ever. Uh, this is they for my ratings go uh, Empire, A New Hope, and then this ties with Return of the Jedi. So you're tying for third, basically. Uh, tying for third, and that's kind of mm-hmm. where my again on comic my rating is based on that ra- that that how it is, not rather than how I feel about the movie. Uh-huh. And that's why I kind of give it um, three and a half out of five because it, that's how that math comes out. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I had to give it any sort of uh, rating, I don't know. I think. I think right now I would I would easily give it like a nine out of ten. Well, you know, well, I, I think I would stay along uh, the course of what it seems like a lot of other people are giving I, it. What, what, where would you rank it in terms of Star Wars films rather than how about a numerical value? So that's kind of like the the next thing I was going to bring up. I think my favorite part about the original trilogy is I almost always watch it all together. I'm hardly ever just picking out one movie and just like leaving it at that. Like, oh, I really want to watch Empire. I'm just going to watch Empire. I usually set up some sort of marathon. And I, when I recently got to rewatch these with my wife, uh, my favorite part was just being able to experience these different set pieces again. And I think I've, I've decided that the way I enjoy Star Wars is I look forward to the pieces that each movie has. Each movie has uh, different things in it. Like I would say my favorite part in the original trilogy is the, the rescue mission to save Han Solo. Um, back on Tatooine. I love that portion of the movie. It's yes. so much It's so much fun. I love everything about it. It's my favorite part of the original trilogy. And, I, man, the, the fight on Hoth is amazing. I, that's an, an amazing part of that movie, too. You know, I just love these different parts from the different movies, and I love how I get to go in and just have fun with it all along the way. I know that there's something to look forward to in every movie, and then as a whole, it's great. Um so those are things that I really like. So that's what I'm looking forward to with this new Star Wars trilogy. I know that there's going to be sections that I'm looking forward to the most. Like I can tell you, I'm going to look forward to watching that Jakku chasing with the with uh, the Millennium Falcon every time I I rewatch the new trilogy. So I guess what I'm saying is I can't I can't really uh, I can't really rank it. I mean, obviously it's easy it's easy to say it's better than the prequels. But I mean, I just had a blast watching this movie. It's a modern it's a modern Star Wars film. The old Star Wars films. Uh, they're great, but they're rooted in kind of the the movies of the of the eighties and the late seventies. That's how the movies feel, and that's how they act. You know, when you get a modern Star Wars movie, it's a th- you know it's a thrill ride. We're having a blast the whole time. You know, when you're watching these old Star Wars movies, you're looking at it from the perspective of watching an older movie. So uh, they're not so much of a thrill ride as just a good time. So I I don't think I don't think I can rank it yet. And I okay. think I'll I think I, I'll wait to see. I think that's a great I think that's a smart move. I think before anyone goes out and and says that this is their favorite Star Wars movie ever, um, watch it again and sleep on it. I, yeah, I, I'm glad I got to watch it again because that made me like if I would have watched it once and been like, oh, this is fantastic. And I, I feel again I, I use the joke as all the Phantom Menace people were like, oh, this <laughs> is the best Star Wars ever. Afterwards, <laughs> I think there's that 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 Star Wars glow you get. Like you mm-hmm. watch it and you're like, oh. 
Oh, that oh, glow I, feels so good. It does feel good. I'm and, still in it. I'm still in it. Yeah, please, please be in it. And I, I don't think anyone who feels any way about this movie is wrong. Uh, but my recommendation is, is if you're going to see it again, which most people probably will, because this has already made almost $250 million, <laughs> um, which makes it like number six of the year. And that's just opening weekend. This is going to be the highest grossing movie of all time. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, of all time. It, it is like. I don't know how it can beat avatar it's gonna beat it because I, I fucking hate avatar um but um I, I would recommend people see it twice and let it sit and 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 think on it and then and then you know compare it to the originals don't give it a numerical ranking my my numerical ranking is based on where do i put it in the star wars as a whole mm-hmm. and i and and you said it best it's a safe it's a safe bridge between the old and the new the new are going to be entirely different and i expect those to blow us out of the water oh yeah this I mean, it's it's not fun picking out bad parts of the movie, and there's really no there's really no bad parts of this movie. Yeah, there's, nothing, there's nothing cringeworthy. Yeah, this movie was just it was so much fun. It's exactly what I wanted. Yes. I'm still in the euphoria of Star Wars, and yeah, it's it's great. I, go go watch it. Go even watch once. it. That, that's you, You've already seen it. You're listening to us. I mean, like, <laughs> watch I'm it tr- again. Like, uh, we're really, really busy uh, this weekend. We're getting ready to, to fly back home for the holidays. And I'm just trying to find, like, is there any, like, two and a half hour chunk of time this weekend that I can cram another viewing in? I got to see this movie again. <sighs> Man, do, is, that just, is that just how we end it? Do we just end it there? We just end it saying, you know, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Hi, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.